Come on, man. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 151, entitled We Will Prevail. Uh, This episode, we are going to talk about J6. We're going to talk about some of the other things that are going on in the news here up front. And um, then I'm going to show you some, some videos that maybe will be more inspirational so we can remain on the positive side of things, even though all the stuff that's around us and bombarding us uh, a lot of it's negative, but there's a lot of good stuff going on out there. A lot of good people uh, coming to the coming to the call and uh, rising up in a peaceful way and trying to preserve our freedoms and and indeed preserve the freedoms of Western civilization. And um, we got a lot to go through. We got just a little bit of time. It always ends up seeming to be. Um, I seem up seem to run out of time very frequently because, uh, well, I'm just getting used to doing some stuff live like this. So uh, we got uh, four 12-minute blocks, and once in a while, especially when you have a guest, it gets um, it gets rather full. So, all right, we're going to go right into the signal here. Just want to say to all those who are affected and have been affected by the hurricane, uh, our thoughts are with you. Our prayers are with you, and um, we will be continuing to do that. So, if you are out there and you haven't given to, um, you know, this hurricane relief, you may want to consider that. Of course, there's all kinds of charities you can choose from to do that. Uh, so, Ron DeSantis, who, you know, the poll numbers are not looking so good for, uh, is. Um, is out and saying that he's not going to tolerate looting, which is good. I mean, we got looting kind of all over the country, and um, you know, unfortunately, we have people who take advantage of tragedies like this and uh, try to profit from them. So that's always a, a sad thing to see. But so DeSantis, I mean, he's obviously more at home as a governor, and he's you know in trouble as far as the presidential election, uh, his bid to be president goes in 2024. But um, here he was speaking, this was Wednesday afternoon in the aftermath, after, aftermath excuse me, of Hurricane Adalia. Uh, so he says, you know, he promised consequences if you loot. Uh, he says, we're not going to tolerate any looting in the aftermath. Uh, noting the signs and yards that say, you loot, we shoot. <laughs> That's definitely sounds Southern to me. I lived in Houston for a little while, or Katie actually, outside of, uh, outside of Houston. So... Uh, so yeah, so our prayers are with everybody down there, and like I said, if you can afford to give, uh, pick your favorite charity that that's going to respond to that, and um, please do give. So lots of news, you know, we've been talking back and forth about Trump and who he will pick for his VP pick, and um, a lot of people have 
you know, different preferences. Some people, you know, will say uh, uh, he should pick some of the fire brand, you know, like uh, Matt or um, he may pick a running mate who's also running right now against him. And there's just a lot of some people say MJ, MGB uh, and uh, it's uh, it's it's something that obviously is going to make, make a big deal. But we have to get first to go through the problems that we're having. Uh, you know, and his um, indictments and stuff. And uh, I think that he'll pick the right moment to be the most uh, beneficial to him to choose who he wants to choose and uh, you know, use that moment for the maximum press and media that he can get at the appropriate time. And it, you'll notice that every time he has some news or every time he's he's uh, he's got a positive story or on the converse, if there's a negative story about the Bidens or uh, you know the Democrats' presidential run, then uh, they they slap him with another indictment, or you know the uh, the media lapdogs are are right there for the far left, and we all see that every day, and it's pretty sickening. So that's why everybody is turning over to go to different media and uh, getting away from the conventional legacy media and going towards alternative media like streaming shows like this and uh you know i'm grateful for that and i think that um people have to have to find their find the truth because the truth is certainly not in the mainstream media anymore and everybody knows that i'm not telling you anything you don't know but um so yeah so we'll continue to watch that and one of the things that i am concerned about and i've voiced several times is the possibility for an assassination attempt on president trump because uh, the the lawfare is not going to work. I mean, he's you know he's not. Uh, this is all about tapping his funds, taking his time. You know that's what this is really about, in my opinion. And um, so, but what happens is they're they're stirring up so much hate and they're stirring up so much um, anti-Trump feeling on the extreme left. And we all know that factually, it's the extreme left who who resort to violence. I mean, we saw that ourselves with our own eyes a few years ago with BLM and Antifa. And uh, the same is true with, you know, situations, whether it's school shootings, and most of them are, are most if not all of them, are either non-political or far left. And um, so I'm concerned about this. And Tucker Carlson came out and finally said something about it. You know, he says that we're speeding towards the assassination of Trump. Um, says Tucker Carlson has reached a conclusion that most have also have also occurred to many of us at some point since 2020 appearing on the Adam Carolla show on Tuesday Carlson noted the years-long trajectory of persecution against former president Donald Trump has only one logical end we are speeding towards assassination obviously he said uh, he offered this shocking observation as an answer to a question from Carolla about the future are they going to let Trump be president? Carolla asked. Without identifying who they might be, Carlson began by reviewing the history of opposition to Trump. The former president's enemies have subjected him to insults, protests, multiple impeachments, and now four separate indictments. Meanwhile, Trump's popularity has grown. So if you begin with criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment, now you go to indictment, and none of them work. What's next? I mean, graph it out, man. 
Carlson said before making his assassination prediction. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't agree more. I, like I said, I've been saying this. It's, uh, it's nothing any of us want to see. I would hope that, although I know that this isn't the case, I would hope that all people would, uh, would see that that's a tragic, uh, that would be a tragic outcome. To be clear, Carlson did not say the assassination would happen, but he did say that assassination represents the logical conclusion to a relentless campaign of destruction. Then Carlson identified they. They have decided, permanent Washington, both parties have decided that there's something about Trump that's so threatening to them they just can't have him, Carlson said. To eliminate the Trump threat, Carlson said, permanent Washington wants, permanent Washington, which uh, obviously is a deep state, uh, wants to send the former president to prison for the rest of his life for a crime of questioning the outcome of an election. This sort of thing used to occur outside the United States. Yes, it did. <laughs> the banana republics, basically, which is what we are fast becoming. If this were happening in Moldova, the State Department would issue an all-hands-on-deck order to let the world know that this is not a legitimate government, and yet our government is doing it, Carlson said. Situation, in fact, appears so alarming as to render hyperbole impossible. It's really hard to overstate how bad this is, and I don't know where it's going. But there's a there's a collision that's come that's clearly imminent. Carlson predicted. Furthermore, President Joe Biden's obvious cognitive decline means that no one knows who controls the government. <laughs> well, I think I think most of us believe that that's Barack Obama behind the scenes. Scenes, but. Uh, uh, anyway, the fact alone makes the future even more uncertain and ominous. So, you know, he says, uh, I've never been, I've never been this worried about anything as I am where this is going, he concluded. So, so again, you know, the, the rest of the article, if you want to read it, it's in the Western Journal. Um, and, uh, you know, once once more people start talking about it, and I guess why I was concerned about mentioning it at all to begin with was that once you start talking about it, you, you don't want to encourage it. So, you know, obviously we need to we need to all collectively pray that this doesn't happen. And I, I ask you to do that. Keep President Trump in your prayers and, um, you know, keep uh, keep all patriots in your prayers. And we have a lot to overcome. The title of this episode is We Will Prevail, and I do believe that. I do believe that light will will win over darkness, and I do think that a lot of what we're seeing is is bad and discouraging, but there are really some great bright spots, uh, some really good things happening, and um, I just ask that uh, in addition to prayer, that you for yourselves and your own well-being look at those things that are positive and remember those things when you start to feel down or if you're depressed about them because there really are a lot of good things happening and we focus on uh, a lot of bad things because we want to have people stand up we, we're we're really giving a call to action for people to stand up to fight for this legacy of freedom for their children and grandchildren and we're all responsible to do that uh, so you'll notice on my show that you know there's a lot of stuff that um, is calling out some bad actors or some occurrences that are just atrocious like how the j6ers are treated 
But at the same time, we have to remember that there's a lot of positive out there. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there, and um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I had to spend a few moments just with Grace alone, and it was, it was just a horrific sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our, our minds and our, just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that the color of grace changed, and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. All right, we're back. If you want to get yourself some Kingdom Fuel, you can go to Sherwood.tv slash TPR. That's Sherwood.tv slash TPR for those of you listening on the podcast. Also, if you have not seen the documentary of, of mine that I directed and produced called Breaking the Oath, uh, that is available on my website at redbloodedpatriots.com. That's redbloodedpatriots with an S.com. Also, in the, at the website that I do the, my documentaries under, which is America First Productions, so America, the number one ST productions.com and check it out there right now. It is, uh, it is over 53,000 views. I'd love to make that go viral. It's, uh, it's a documentary. If you, if you check it out and you like, please share it. 
Uh, it's an important documentary. It, it is about um, not only Grace Shara's case, uh, if you're not familiar with her, she was a 19-year-old um, beautiful young woman uh, with Down syndrome who was, in my opinion, murdered at the hospital. And there's a, a lawsuit the Shara family has going on that's not only against the hospital, but, but against doctors and nurses who participated in um, really enforcing these uh, genocidal protocols that exist and um, against the family's will, put a DNR on her and uh, she passed. So it's it's based around that occurrence, but it's a documentary that also uh, takes a really solid look at where we stand in history in comparison to where we've come from. And um, we've got a lot of great cast members in there, and you'll, you can check it out again on Rumble, on my website, or on the documentary website. And those links are in the show description below, so you can check that out. All right, so... When we uh, when we first knew that Trump was getting indicted for January 6th, you probably had the same reaction I did, which just that is just that um, it's it's a witch hunt. It's a bunch of BS because we who follow Trump, uh, we we probably all saw his speech on January 6th. We probably all saw what he said, um, and then we witnessed how they they cherry picked what he said and did not show the part where he said you know, we're going to march peacefully and patriotically uh, to the Capitol. And uh, we knew that uh, people like Liz Cheney, who has absolutely no morals whatsoever, uh, threw him under the bus and uh, did so unfairly. So I'm going to show this, this video again. I've showed it a couple times, and I apologize for the quality of the video, but I'm going to put this video up and I'm just going to stay on the screen because it's 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 uh, not a very good quality video, but you can see and hear for yourselves who is actually the true insiders, who are the true insiders of violence in this country. And again, I reference Black Lives Matter and Antifa in the summer that they call the summer of love and the destruction and the excuses that were made and the, the lack of charges that were filed and... Uh, you know, evidently they think that uh, people in the flyover states are just absolute fools and idiots because they try to, to push this down our throats when we have all seen repeatedly stuff like this. I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought 
an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. If you think we're rallying now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And that should be, everyone should take note of that on both levels, that this isn't, they're not going to let up, and they should not. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Enemies of the state. To peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. I will go and take Trump out tonight. Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. If you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. So even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? He said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? 
I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. So, yeah, I belabored the uh, the point. I made the point several times back and forth. And I think that video, that makes that video even more effective because we have um, a free pass on for those on the left. Like Kathy Griffin can hang up, a, a hold up a uh, Donald Trump's head, uh, you know, as if he were decapitated, full of blood. And, uh, you know, not much is said, uh, especially on the left. Nothing was said. Yet, um, you know, they put people in jail for memes that Hillary Clinton doesn't like and for up to 10 years. I mean, um, so that's that's the that's the state of things. And J6 is a primary example of our two tier justice system. And uh, the media is really 100 percent to blame because they do not tell the truth. They do not expose evil where evil exists. They instead uh, either support evil or they just overlook it and they don't report it and they don't um, they don't hold people accountable for uh, the things that they say or do and uh, you know and then to, to make matters worse they take what people what people on the right or people who are what I would call constitutional conservatives they take what they say and do and they turn it into something completely different and uh, punish them for it and that is exactly what's happening with J6. And if you're watching me right now on blessed.news or on the app, um, you know that this comes, this uh, channel comes directly from the the J6 issue because uh, Jake Lang, who's still sitting in prison, is uh, the person who who started this channel and put put uh, the effort to get this channel up and running. And there's a lot of great shows on the channel. Uh, you know, but this this is something I guess positive that has come out of uh, J6, and I, um, I I think that uh, when I said in the beginning of the show that there's there's there needs to be an effort to remember the positives and to see the positives. That certainly one of the positives, and the reason we will prevail is that more and more people have found their voice, more people have been shaken awake, and are moving away from the importance of self and um, you know, being absorbed with social media and uh, the attention that you get from from that sort of thing to some higher calling. And that higher calling is, like I said, the legacy of peace and freedom for our future uh, children and grandchildren and, uh, and, and those of us who still want to live in freedom for the rest of our lives. So the frustrating part is that we all just want to be left alone, right? We want to be able to, we want to be able to pursue that happiness that we're guaranteed, uh, the pursuit that we're guaranteed. And instead, there's more and more tyranny. There's more and more uh, fascism. The the World Economic Forum and the New World Order agenda, the social scoring, the digital currency. All these things are, are are issues that need to be taken on head on, and I don't mean with force. I mean uh, by using the the legal tools that we have and the the legal avenues that we have. And it's frustrating because those that type of approach takes a long time, but uh, that is the approach that we have to take, 
that's the approach that uh, we're we're left with, and that's the approach that I believe God would want us to take. We'll be right back after this. It's me, Wayne Allyn otherwise known as War. I have a very special announcement for all of you. My hit show, Wayne Allyn Root, Raw and Unfiltered, is coming to the brand new station that's taking over the nation, Blessed News Network. God has opened a door in my life to be part of this amazing new Christian conservative network, live every night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on our channel on Roku TV, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and streaming live on the Blessed News iPhone and Android apps. Tune in to watch me drive home the truth and dismantle the fake news narrative with big name nightly guests and exclusive interviews with all the heavy hitters you know and love. Become part of history as we make America godly again and launch the first faith-centered conservative broadcasting network where Jesus Christ is commander-in-chief of all of our stories and where truth and integrity really matter. Join me Monday through Friday on any of our platforms or on the Blessed News website blessed.news where you can stream all the shows for free or you can sign up for blessed plus for even more access to raw and unfiltered with me Wayne Allen Root the hardest working man in show business thank you and God bless America Steel News will be joining the Blessed News Network 11 p.m. weeknights I'm Ann Vandersteel and I'm very excited to be a part of the programming put together by Jake Lang doesn't matter if he's behind bars. He's a January 6th political hero, as far as I'm concerned. And Steel News will be reporting the truth of everything happening, not only in the swamp, but around the world to help you put into context what's really going on so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. Steel News, 11 p.m. on the Blessed News Network. All right, we're back. So Wayne Allen Root mentioned, you know, that God has positioned him in this place to do what he's doing. And there have been a few times that I've mentioned the uh, the uh, Moment of Truth Summit in Missouri that I attended. And the, the common discussion point, there were 1,200 of us content creators that were at that event. And the, one of the things that commonly came up was that, um, and it's true in my case, is that I never thought I'd be doing this, never thought I'd be here, uh, or or have the need to be here, but um, things happen in our lives, and everybody said this, things happen in our lives that, that uh, put us here. And I certainly believe that. I believe that you know there's so many people who are called to, to, uh, to, to go in a new direction, 
And um, one of those individuals I've had on the show a couple times uh, is Nina May. She's a filmmaker and documentary maker. Uh, <laughs> never imagined that she would be uh, talking to the topic of January 6th, of course. And one thing that's very interesting about Nina and the film she captured that day is that it shows how completely false the narrative is around January 6th. I'm going to show that video in just a bit. I have uh, other video that I'm not going to show today, but I have shown in past shows. You can go back and look. Uh, I'll probably show it again in, in the future here, depending on what happens with uh, Trump's indictment and stuff. But I showed video of the basically the motorcade that came in the escorted buses that had Antifa and BLM members that were taken to the, ca the Capitol that day. And... Um, the the fact that uh, these folks were were instigators and were purposely there and not only purposely there but that they were escorted by Cap uh, Capitol Police vehicles. Uh, I've also shown video that you probably have seen about uh, uh, on people entering the Capitol. Uh, barricades were moved. The Capitol Police officers were seen waving people in, and um, I make the point consistently that. Um, you know, if you're in D.C. and it's your first time there and you see a police officer say it's okay to come in the building, you're going to think it's okay to go in the building. And then I showed other footage of the, the unfortunate deaths, the murders of that day. And I really do believe these people were murdered. Um, Ashley Bab Babbitt being the most probably well-known. Uh, Roseanne Boylan is uh, tough footage to watch. She was no doubt murdered as well. Uh, so those are things that I've showed in the past. I'm not going to show today. And today, what I want to call attention to is um, is that, uh, you know, like I mentioned, there are plenty of patriots out there who have decided to stand up and that uh, that are making their voices heard, as President Trump said. And I think it's important to recognize those. So I'm going to show you. This is Nina May's film, and this was taken on January 6th. And I'll be, I'll be uh, running to a commercial break right after it, then be back. Four of us arrived at Capitol Hill around 10 this morning, then started the 16-block walk to the White House to hear the president's speech. I wanted to see how many people were coming to town for the rally and get some good footage. The streets were pretty empty at that time, and we saw a very small group of people rallying on the back of the Capitol. We'd been told there were about a dozen different rallies. All had different speakers and went by different names. For us, it was about the location. Since we parked on the hill, on the Senate side, we wanted to end up there at the end of the day. It took about 40 minutes to walk from the Capitol to the White House, and the entire way it was packed with fun, energized, polite fellow Americans carrying American flags and various other signs that signified they were not convinced the election was done properly. We saw police hanging out in corners. We smiled and waved and thanked them for their service when we got close enough. We saw a group of about four National Guard members and gave them a welcome thank you also. As we got closer to the White House, the President was about 45 minutes late in speaking, but everyone was patient and enjoying the festive environment. After he finally started speaking, we stayed for about 20 minutes because we were having a hard time hearing. He said something about seeing everyone on the Hill after his speech. Everyone had planned to go back up there anyway because of the several rallies that were going on in that general direction. We started to walk back to the hill thinking we could get some good photos of him speaking and hear it better. Well, pretty much everyone else was thinking the same thing as the group on the edge of the large group started heading back to the Capitol. There was excitement in the air as people hurried up Constitution Avenue 
to come in through the large wide sidewalk or walkway up the steps to the Capitol. I was hurrying to get some great shots and saw a fence down next to the big sidewalk. There were no police, not one at that entrance. I thought that was odd. They were allowing people to just come into the lawn and walk over barriers. I was really thinking someone would tell us to go in another area, like they always do on the hill. You can't just roam around like this without five police yelling at you. It was as though everyone was being encouraged to run up to the stage and get a good space to hear the upcoming speech. It was hard to keep up with them as they walked rapidly into the front, but I ran alongside on the grass getting some great motion shots. There was no sign of barriers anywhere other than that little green plastic fence on the ground that we walked over. Everyone just walked down the sidewalk over the little bridge then toward the front of the Capitol. There was not a feeling that you were breaking the law or anything. It was more like they were told there was free pizza at the steps of the Capitol. And that was where everyone was headed, to get a good position near the podium to hear the president. They all stopped when it, 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 at the end of the line because we couldn't go any further. We stayed like that the entire time, even after people were beckoning people to push in further. That happened several times along the way, but no one followed them. I overheard a man on the phone talking about almost being ready for a coded move. I glanced at him and he turned his back. He said something about using water cannons and tasers to control them. The four of us just kept moving as close as we could, getting great shots. Everyone was talking about Trump saying he was going to be coming to the Capitol to speak. We weren't sure, but we knew with all these people, there was no way they would be able to get through the crowd. But it looked like a podium was ready for a speaker, so maybe he was coming. I was just focused on getting some great shots. The crowd grew thicker, but it was still the same group of happy warriors singing songs, chanting USA. That was when... The 12 militia-type people went over the short wall right next to us on the command of someone who said that it was ready for them to go. I was standing on the little wall that was on the left side of the wide sidewalk, right at the corner where you would turn left, so I was as close as you could get and still say hi to get some pictures. It was about then that the flashbang started. We were shocked since there was no violence at all. just standing there. They kept shooting them, some with ear-piercing persistence. Then when we saw a green plume of smoke, we were convinced it was tear gas and decided to leave. Two of us immediately got scratchy throats, but thankfully didn't have eye issues. That was at about 1.45. We left the Capitol and walked about seven minutes to a building we were staying in behind the Supreme Court. The TV was, was on and it was showing that the Capitol was being breached. Guns had been drawn by the Secret Service. People were forced on the ground. All incidents had wonderful photos of each event. Why were so many photographers allowed to breach the Capitol? How did the protesters get into a secure building that makes everyone practically stripped to get in, especially carrying flagpoles, backpacks, etc.? You can't carry things like that into the rotunda. Yet there was a line of people peacefully walking through the rotunda with all these elements. Where were the barriers? Where were the police and guards? There were none. 
It's as though the people walked in going, okay, where do we go now? Where does the tour start? It literally looked like tourists. I knew many people who came to the rally and had been on this phone with them, all of them, so that we could meet up later. They were all in front of the Capitol, Capitol and some on the backside, and did hear the flashbangs and the smoke, but said there was no violence outside the Capitol where they were. They were right where the video was shown, showing barriers being breached, with the riot police pushing back against them. They said the same thing we did. There were no barriers. There were no police. One man said they were actually buzzed into the back of the Capitol and just started wandering around. It, I think it must be the crypt from the way they described it. They didn't hear or see any violence, no signs of police or guards. Several followed them in like that, but they said it was like being on a tour of the Capitol. This is borne out by photos that were being shown on TV, like the selfie taken with the guard and a protester, or the one with the man in fur doing a kind of dance in front of some police just standing there smiling. We had seen a battalion of heavily armed police running double time outside all over the Capitol, up and down the steps, totally in view of all of us, but not one is left inside the Capitol to keep a crowd from coming in from the outside. I still want to know where, how there were so many photographers staged all over the inside of the Capitol to get every single move, every single action, as though they were with a camera crew, as though the whole thing had been, gee, directed, written, orchestrated, scripted. Hey, I'm a producer. That's how I think. But it's just so odd there were not enough police inside to prevent the breach or to keep the people from doing whatever they were doing, posing for selfies. And on the back of the Capitol, while this breach was supposed to be occurring inside, you see a line of police just hanging out on the steps with the protesters. They look like they're in, in a choir or something, certainly not concerned about riots happening inside. I don't see how that happened the way it is shown. Again, I make movies and understand how easy it is to stage anything you want people to believe. First big thing, there was no press outside, just tens of thousands of people with their cell phones. There were people like me with larger cameras, but the video of the skirmish looks too choreographed. And where did those agitators come from, unless they were the 12 we saw climb over the wall and head in that direction, making their way through the crowd toward the front where the flashbangs were coming from? I mean, they clearly were the agitators that you're seeing in the videos, right along with the clueless Trump protesters that are walking in benignly going, what in the world are we doing here? It's like two different movies were being shot simultaneously. One group of people knew exactly what was going on. The other group were clueless. They were, they were what you call extras in a movie. They were a great backdrop. Like all the people, the hundreds of thousands of people out the front that were standing there waiting for a speech. They were just waiting peacefully. It just doesn't make any sense. The most logical explanation is that it was professionals who were ordered to infiltrate in order to control the debate, turn the tables on Trump supporters to make them look like radical anarchists, oh, like Antifa and BLM, two groups that have gotten a buy all year as far as their violent rioting goes. Not one word from these sanctimonious talking heads on TV about how disturbing, despicable, embarrassing, upsetting, etc., etc., about the attack on the White House, the statues in Lafayette Park, the defacing of the road in front of it, the setting on fire of a church across from the White House. Where was the outrage when that attack on our democracy occurred? What about all the attacks of private citizens and even elected officials coming from the White House after the RNC revised convention? They were told not to go out at night. It's too dangerous. It's their own fault for being attacked, etc. 
even a U.S. senator was attacked. Nothing was said. No outrage. If they can condemn and mar marginalize all Trump supporters and constitutionalists while pinning the moniker of anarchists on this group instead of BLM and Antifa, then they win. Here is what outraged Democrats have said about pushing back against Republicans and anyone who disagrees with them. Cuomo says, show me where protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Maxine says, if you see anyone from the cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, in a gasoline station, you get out and create a crowd. You push back on them. You tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Nancy says, people do what they do. This is in reference to tearing down statues. She doesn't have much use for statues, she claims. Well, maybe until a Trump supporter tears one down, then suddenly she's going to be a statue hugger. Biden says, if you were in high school, I'd beat you, beat the hell out of him. Oh, and his supporters are dog-faced pony soldiers, whatever that is. Kamala Harris says, these protesters should not let up. Well, she doesn't mean Trump protesters. She was meaning the BLM and the Antifa protesters. Presley says, you know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Gee, a lot of people agree with you on that one. Hey, Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. Let's face it, it's getting harder and harder to make ends meet. It's only going to get worse. This inflation is going to continue. As a matter of fact, our dollar is in jeopardy of even existing with the crazies that want to go to the digital currency to control us all. You can go to KirkElliottPhD.com slash The Patriot Review, get all kinds of free, great information, and invest in gold and silver for your future. Our world is full of electromagnetic fields that, even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. Here's a nutritional hack anyone can master. Replace a meal a day with our kingdom feel. Or if you're a moth from the gym, add a shake to your daily meal plan. Our unique meal shakes are balanced, low glycemic, rich in fiber, 20 grams of clean protein, essential vitamins and minerals, healthy fat, and organic fruits and vegetables. Kingdom Fuel is vegan with a complete amino acid profile. Bottom line, it's a simple start to a transformed life. No gimmicks, just results. Start today. Hey Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. 
Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Nancy also says, I just don't know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there needs to be. Again, that was not encouraging Trump protesters. That was encouraging Antifa and BLM. So there are double standards. We all agree with that. The media is painting every single one of these peaceful protesters in attendance today as an embarrassment, a shame to democracy, not the mere American way. No, the American way is get your facts straight before going off hack-baked with very questionable evidence. There were hundreds of thousands of Americans who have been beaten down, lied to, cheated, defamed, marginalized, and ridiculed, and all they wanted was to have the right to be heard, to express their views and opinions. They can't be held responsible for what a few infiltrating agitators do to their rally. I'm ashamed of those elected officials who would condemn this group, defining everyone who was there as an anarchist or an un-American criminal. This group has watched as these same politicians have turned a blind eye to the BLM and Antifa violence, suggesting it's a summer of love, giving them the room to express themselves, etc., etc. I must say, when the police in full riot gear were shooting flashbangs into a totally helpless, unarmed, and non-dangerous crowd, it was very frustrating and frankly insulting as this group was practicing their First Amendment rights to protest what they see as unfair, yet are now being disparaged as despicable anarchists. There's so many unanswered questions, like, why did the police take barriers down and let the rioters in? Were these the agitator plants that many had seen, 40 deep, being escorted off a bus, all Antifa? What about all the footage of the Patriots stopping the violence, Antifa rioters from busting through windows and destroying property? Where are the police or guards at the doors? Everyone said they just walked in. Some thinking it was great to be able to beat us far across the country and get a tour of the Capitol. A man in the back of the Capitol said they were buzzed in and no one was there to, quote, greet them or turn them back. There's footage of the police getting selfies with protesters or smiling as a man in animal skins does a dance or leading them down the hall and encouraging them to keep up. News cameras, journalists everywhere, but yet, oh, that's, take a look at this. Look, they running in. And this is the video yeah, that I'm exactly. Yeah, come on in. Then he drops his baton and just picks it up. Why are you not using your Oh, don't follow me, everybody. Right. Why are you not using your spray or your taser? Well, watch. They talk at the top of the stairs, too. Watch. 
Now he's running away. Looks like if you look at the arm, the sleeve of that person that was recording, it looks like it's the same uniform that he has on. Yeah, look, now they talk. Like, hey, catch it then. Let's go. Yeah, come on, guys. Follow me. Don't be late. I'll show you how to get there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There's so many unanswered questions. And I would encourage our elected officials who were being protected in a room for four hours to get to the facts, get to the bottom of this, because something is not adding up. And it's not fair to judge all of these people and say they were all violent rioters when they just wanted to make their voices be heard. So I've been to the Capitol before, and, you know, the security is absolutely amazing. And, you know, you can't, they won't even let you take a bottle of water in, right? I mean, the, the, all the uh, all the doors are usually very heavily guarded. And now we know why Nancy Pelosi and Bowser, Mayor Bowser, uh, refused the 10,000 troops that uh, Trump offered to help with the National Guard units, to help with, um, with security that day. And we have finally the uh, Capitol Police Chief, former, uh, speaking out and um, more and more is coming out about it and we know for a fact that they destroyed evidence we know about the 14,000 hours of video that uh, you know the only person who ever released any of it was Tucker Carlson and we saw what happened to him so again you know all these things are so obvious and none of us are as stupid as what they like to think we are and um, we're well aware of what's going on so to end this up, uh, I was thinking about an interview that I did with uh, evangelist Elvita King, Martin Luther King's niece, and um, I want to show that because my question to her was, you know, what would your father, who was also her father, who was also a uh, uh, civil rights leader in his own right during uh, Martin Luther King's days and after, uh, what would your father think about it? And um, she provided me with a great answer, a great faith-based answer, and I want to show you that video. So I will uh, be ducking out right after that. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It always goes so fast. Uh, if you have anything you want to say or if you want to, to see something on future shows, you can always reach me via email at redbloodedpatriots, with an S, redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com, and I'd be happy to, uh, to do what I can. Uh, so, again, Alveda King was on the show, and I asked her specifically what her father would say, given the events of today, and that, meet, that means all the chaos that's been going on and we've been living through. Um, thank you, God bless you, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. If my dad, Reverend A.D. King, if he was here today, he would say, that's okay. I'm not doing this for praise anyway, and he'd be okay. He wasn't as known as his famous brother, Martin Luther King Jr., but they were preachers together while they were on earth. They were civil rights leaders together. They were fathers and husbands. So they had that kind of life and they were very, very, very close. Dad was a great civil rights leader as well and an organizer. He had a very beautiful gift for organizing. So I believe that if he were here or if my uncle were here, Martin Luther King Jr. or my granddaddy, Daddy King, or all the men and women and the King family legacy who have gone on before me, they would encourage us to be kind, to be generous with our gifts and talents, 
and to learn how to have God as a father. God is our creator. Everybody can say God is my creator. Everybody can say that. However, for God to be our father, we have to accept the sonship and lordship of his son, Jesus Christ. So because they were Christian ministers, I believe that they would invite us to do that as well. To come back to God, we have to look at ourselves, examine our own hearts, see where we are, see what is driving us and repent actually of our sins. And once we do that and receive the forgiveness from God, then we forgive others. That's how we learn to treat each other as brothers and sisters. That's how we don't perish together as fools. So in coming back to God, it, 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 take a look at our own hearts, our own lives and repent for our wrongs, our sins, and then forgive others and move ahead. And, you know, I tell people all the time lately, I, I'm working on being kind. I have a show on Fox Nation, Alveda King's House, and I work very hard to be kind. Now, people will say, well, be nice. Well, the Bible doesn't say be nice to one another. It says be kind to one another. So we repent and we begin to try to treat people the way we want to be treated.